You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Before I begin, I just want to do something really quickly, and I wasn't planning on this, but I just feel it, and maybe you do too. So if you wouldn't mind, just if you feel comfortable, closing your eyes for a second. And just take a few deep breaths. Whatever struggles, whatever challenges, whatever obstacles you were facing this week, whatever stresses you were facing this week, as you breathe, try to let them roll off of you. Just let go. Just for the time that we're here together. I don't know about you, but I needed that. The week can sometimes uh, be stressful and long and just a lot to do. And that's what I love about Shabbat is it affords an opportunity to break from the pressures and the necessities of the week, even if it's just right here, even if it's just for a moment, a little while, an hour, two hours, to just break, to stop the perpetual motion of our lives, and to pause for friends and community and faith and family, to pause and reconnect with what really matters. And in fact, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight. Ever since a little kid, I was obsessed, maybe strong word, but infatuated with Sir Isaac Newton. And uh, it all started when I was, I think, in like fourth grade. I had to dress up as Sir Isaac Newton for my fourth grade class. We all had to dress up as people from history. And I either was assigned, I don't remember, either I was assigned or picked Sir Isaac Newton. Maybe I had seen it on TV, you know, an apple falling on his head. And I said, oh, that might be a cool guy to research. So I looked up Sir Isaac Newton and prepared a, uh, a presentation. I, had to, I wore a mop on my head to uh, make sure I had the hair right. And I presented Sir Isaac Newton. And what I became infatuated with was the idea of inertia, the law of inertia, right? which, mean, which says that an object that is in motion stays in motion, and an object that's in rest stays at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. So that's true as Newton proposed in the world of physics. Stationary objects stay stay stationary unless acted upon by an outside force. But it's also true in the realm of being human. There's human inertia too. So when we are at rest, we tend to stay at rest. 
And when we're moving, we tend to stay in motion, which, by the way, I think is why Shabbat is so wonderful, because it makes us pause. It's the outside force that pauses the inertia of the motion of our lives. It makes us stop for just a moment. But I would bet that for many of us, the other kind of inertia is maybe much more powerful. That our tendency to stay at rest remains unless acted upon by an outside force. Unless we're pushed out of our complacency, unless we're pushed beyond our comfort zone, we try to remain in a place where we're comfortable. We try to remain in a place where we don't have to work too hard or struggle too much or challenge ourselves too much because after all, who likes struggle? Who likes challenge and who likes pain? Probably not many of us. So many of us like to stay still. We like to stay stationary because in order to break from our stationary way of being, we actually have to risk pain and loss and challenge and pushback. And so maybe we are not so satisfied, fulfilled in the job that we're in, but we don't go and talk to our boss because that would rock the boat too much. We don't think about leaving that job and pursuing what our passion really is because, well, I have a mortgage to pay and I have kids to put through school and food to put on the table. So where I am right now is comfortable and stable and static. I may not be fulfilling who I deeply am as a person, but at the very least, I'm not going to risk losing what I do have. We may be in a bad relationship with a friend or even a spouse, but the thought of moving beyond that, of pushing ourselves beyond that when it becomes necessary to do so is often too much for many people to bear. So they timidly and quietly stay in a situation that may not be ideal, but at least it's secure. At least it's stable. I wonder how many of us have had moments in our lives where we're faced with the question of, am I really living the most fulfilled life that I can? But in order to reach that next step, in order to reach that next plateau, climb that next hill, we actually have to risk losing what we have and so therefore don't do anything at all. Our Torah portion this week actually talks about this phenomenon and I think gives us, gives me at least, a powerful call to an alternative. So Moses is beginning in our Torah portion this week, Parshat Devarim, he's beginning to uh, give his farewell speech to the Israelites. He's going to die. This is the last uh, year, the last uh, uh, few weeks, actually, of, uh, of the Israelites' sojourn in the wilderness. And so Moses wants to give his swan song, his final parting words, his final lessons to the Jewish people. And he begins by recounting their journeys. And he talks about them being at Mount Sinai. And they're actually at Mount Sinai, if you look through the chronology of the Torah, they're actually at Mount Sinai for two years. It's not just a 40 days, Moses is on the mountain, they get the Ten Commandments, and then they move on their merry way. They actually, all of that happens, and then they're there, they stay, they're settled for two years. 
Right? That's a long time to be in one place. You start getting into a pattern. Well, you know where to park the car. Right? You have a school set up for the kids. Right? You, uh, you know where your bank is. You know where the grocery store is. When you're in a place for two years, you feel settled and you feel rooted. It might as well have been the promised land for the Israelites. In fact, they had it pretty good there. They had water whenever they wanted it, the well that followed because of Miriam. They had protection, right? There was a security system in the camp because of the clouds of glory that covered the camp according to the Torah. And there was food, plentiful food whenever they wanted. The manna fell down from the sky. They didn't even have to grow it. They didn't have to harvest it. It was a pretty good situation that the Israelites had camped out for two years at Mount Sinai. They didn't have to struggle. They didn't have to do anything. And Moses, in this week's Torah portion, recalls, even though this is not what we read in Numbers when they actually get up from Mount Sinai, but Moses remembers God saying to the people, Rav Lachem Shevet Bahar Hazet. You have remained at this mountain too long. Kumu Useu Lachem. Get up and go out for yourselves. For your sakes. You've been at this mountain too long. You've stayed in this one place too long. If you don't move, if you don't move at all, if you don't set out, you'll never be able to do anything to grow yourself. That's kumu useu lachem. Do it for yourself. That's an amazing thing when you think about it. Because here they are in this perfect, stable scenario, and God says, you've been there too long. And even more than that, where is it that God tells the Israelites to go? He tells them to go to the hill country of the Amorites, and from there to the land of the Canaanites, and the Jebusites, and the Perizzites. All these places where the Israelites are going to be confronted by obstacles and war. So not only get up from this comfort zone, but deliberately go to a place that's going to be challenging for you. Because you can't grow, you can't move, you can't fulfill yourself in life, you can't fulfill the purpose that God has for you in life if you don't move from the stable and secure environment that you know and set out for more challenging pastures, for more challenging fields. It was true for the Israelites, and I think it's true for us. We can't remain at rest without risking not being able to grow and be fulfilled and happy and attaining our purpose in life. That's the risk we bear by staying and remaining secure, is not pushing ourselves beyond and making ourselves stronger and better. One of my uh, favorite comic book heroes, probably my favorite comic book hero is Batman. And if you remember the most recent slate of Batman films, the first one was Batman Begins. And in the beginning of that movie, young Bruce Wayne falls down a well. And his father, Thomas Wayne, comes down the well, picks him up, and says, Bruce, do you know why we fall? To learn to pick ourselves up. 
That is what God is saying to the Israelites in this Torah portion, and I think to each of us. That it's impossible to learn how to pick ourselves up unless we're willing to fall. Unless we set out for paths and fields that we don't yet know, and in which it's possible and maybe even likely that we'll stumble and trip because we don't know the way, and because the way is difficult, we'll never learn how to actually pick ourselves up. We'll never learn how to rise. But the Talmud teaches that a righteous person is one who stumbles and falls and picks themselves up again seven times in their life. That's the definition of a righteous person. Because a righteous person is someone who actually learns from their mistakes, but sets out on a new journey in the knowledge that they might make more mistakes, that they might risk something and then lose it. And then have to pick themselves up again and learn how to pick themselves up again. So for us, the message is the same. Rav lachem shevet baharazeh. You have stayed at this mountain too long. And in order to grow, in order to be your best, you have to risk setting out for unknown places and maybe falling, but in the fall, learning how to rise. Shabbat Shalom.